The New York Times, a former newspaper, has begun an investigation into why its latest anti-Trump bombshell exploded in-house, blowing several editors sky high, after which they plummeted downward with a strangely hilarious whistling sound, past eye level with ridiculously blackened faces set in expressions of comical dismay, and then smashed into the ground at high speed, where they were transformed into flat, circular editor bodies waddling around on absurdly stumpy legs. In a statement released by Times bombshell coordinator Wiley Coyote, the newspaper said, quote, We can't understand it. We ordered the bombshell directly from the Acme anti-Trump bombshell company with whom we've been doing business for years. Acme sent us the Russian collusion bombshell, which we planted in front of the Trump train just before the train came out of a previously non-existent tunnel and ran us over. Acme also supplied the impeachment bombshell, which we dropped on Trump from a height, only to have the president pass beneath it unharmed, after which we went down to investigate and were crushed under the falling bombshell ourselves. Then, of course, Acme sent us the Michael Avenatti Stormy Daniels bombshell, which we're sure will blow up Trump's campaign as soon as Mr. Avenatti gets out of prison. We are completely baffled about what went wrong this time, unquote. The latest Times bombshell from the Acme company was a study of Trump's tax returns, which contained the explosive information that Trump pays the smallest amount of taxes legally possible, just like every single other human being everywhere forever. The Times announced this with headlines in typeface so large that the headline didn't fit on the page and will not be completed until late October, about the same time Amy Coney Barrett is confirmed as the third justice Trump has appointed to the Supreme Court. Times editor-in-chief Blithering Prevarication III announced the former paper will deliver more Acme bombshells as Election Day nears. Mr. Third then excused himself so he could go water Joe Biden. <laughs> Trigger warning, I'm Andrew Claven, and this is The Andrew Claven Show. I'm the hunky-dunky, life is tickety-boo. Birds are winging, also singing, hunky dunky Ship-shaped ipsy-topsy, the world is a bitty zing It's a wonderful day, hurrah, hooray, it makes me want to sing Oh, hurrah, hooray, oh, hooray, hurrah All right, welcome back to the Andrew Claven Show where we are laughing our way through the fall of the republic Please go on YouTube and subscribe to the Andrew Claven, specifically the Andrew Claven channel. Uh, ring the bell so you'll get notifications. We'll have all our shows there. We'll have the openings there uncut, and we'll also have uh, original material. If you would like to leave a material, and it, uh, if, uh, material, if you would like to leave a comment there, and the comment is sufficiently idiotic, we will read it on the air to raise the level of the conversation. We have one today from Bryce who says this comment is not sufficiently idiotic to be read on the air by Clavenon. Then again, neither am I sufficiently idiotic to work for the New York Times. So that's that may be a test you want to run. If you're not stupid enough to work for the Times, don't bother uh, leaving a comment because it's not going to make the grade. Uh, SCOTUS nominee Amy Coney Barrett is under attack for belonging to a group that considers fathers the head of the family. The group is called Christianity. And if it's held Mrs. Barrett back at all, it's hard to see how. She's also under attack, of course, for threatening Roe v. Wade, which gave women the legal power of life and death over their unborn children. A woman with seven children, like ACB, clearly doesn't think motherhood is a bad thing. So in other words, ACB is under attack for exhibiting signs of femininity. This is interesting. Here's an interesting fact. Ruth Bader Ginsburg was also not a fan of Roe v. Wade. She supported the power to abort, 
I'm not going to call it a right. It was the power to abort. And she supported that. But she thought the Supreme Court shouldn't have claimed that that power rested on a right to privacy. She thought Roe should have been based on the right to equality because without abortion, women were not equal to men. Now, think about this for a minute. That is an incredibly ugly idea. Women and men are unequal when it comes to pregnancy. So stop the pregnancy. Or to put it another way, the only real equality is sameness. The fact that motherhood is different than fatherhood and wifehood is different than husbandhood is a problem if you think the only real equality is sameness. Now, I can remember a time when wifehood and motherhood were considered elevated positions. They made houses homes. They made humans human. Most men didn't go to work for the pure love of breaking bricks. They went to work to support the homes and families that were at the core of their humanity and their human mission. Women, femininity, supplied and created and protected humanity. So why is it that the humanizing activities of femininity are now considered curses rather than blessings? Well, I will tell you why. It's because humanity, femininity's central gift to the world, has no material value. You can earn money without humanity. You can buy stuff without humanity. Both socialism and capitalism work perfectly well without either humanity or femininity. In fact, humanity and femininity slow both systems down. The only thing you get from from femininity and humanity is a full and joyous and human life. And the materialist powers that be don't care whether you live a full life or not. It slows them down. Materialism only recognizes material worth. And so women can't be equal unless they work and earn like men. That's why femininity, motherhood, and the anti-materialist values of Christianity are at odds with the world. Speaking of the difference between men and women, men can look incredibly beautiful like I do with no hair. Women, eh, you probably want to keep the hair. 30 million women are impacted by weakened or thinning hair. And if you're among them, know that you're not alone and that there's a solution you can trust to deliver results. Thousands of women have taken back control of their hair with Nutrafol, with many users raving that the supplement not only transformed their hair, but restored their confidence as well. Nutrafol offers two targeted formulas for women that are clinically shown to improve hair growth and thickness with less shedding through all stages of life. Healthier hair growth takes time. You'll begin to experience thicker, stronger, faster growing hair in three to six months. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months. More than 1,500 top doctors recommend Nutrafol as an effective and high quality solution for healthier hair. I know you look at me and you think, wow, boy, that guy is so beautiful. Maybe I could look like that. But if you're a woman, you probably want to grow thicker, healthier hair and you can do that and support our show at the same time by going to Nutrafol.com and using promo code Claven. New customers will get 20% off. This is their best offer available anywhere, plus free shipping on every order. So get 20% off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code Claven. And you're thinking, why are you telling me how to spell Nutrafol? Anybody can spell Nutrafol. How do you spell Claven? It's K-L-A-V. A-N. So I want to talk more about this attack on the Bible, on Christianity, on femininity, because of Amy Coney Barrett and the way she is being attacked for her Christianity and everything else. You know, it's, it's really interesting to me that in, in Genesis, when God creates Eve, he creates Adam first. But when he creates Eve, he doesn't say to Adam, you know, I'm so busy during creation, I forgot to you know, invent somebody who can give you children. I forgot to invent somebody with a womb, you know, so let me, let me make somebody who can make uh, babies for you. 
Uh, didn't do that. Didn't do that at all. What he what he said was, it is not good for the man to be alone. And if you remember Genesis, this is what how God categorizes creation. He makes things and he says, yes, that's good. But he found something in creation that was not good. And he made women so that it would be good. In other words, he didn't make women because of their particular use. He didn't make them because of their bodies. He made them because they uh, had a quality. There was something about them that made the world good, made, finally made creation what it was supposed to be. When, when God creates Eve, Adam sings this song of joy. He says, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. And he says, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and they will become one flesh. You know, it's, it's really interesting. The pediatrician, uh, D.W. Winnicott, he had this famous line where he said, there's no such thing as a baby. And what he meant by that is that the mother and child bond is so essential that until the mother's humanizing work is done, the baby can hardly be considered an individual at all. And William Wordsworth, I've talked about this before. William Wordsworth wrote about this in his epic, The Prelude. He talked about how people acquired their humanity at their mother's breast. And this, it turns out, brain science has now confirmed what Wordsworth already knew, that people actually become themselves interacting specifically with their mothers at the beginning of their lives. They actually are not fully human until they have mothers. And, it, you know, it's biblical wisdom, right? That even God didn't try to become a human being without having a mother. Even God had a mother. And so all of this plays into the idea that womanhood, femininity, motherhood are things that capitalism and socialism and materialism don't need. Don't need. They are spiritual goods. And so they become hysterical when they see them. It really is true. And Amy Coney Barrett with her seven kids, with her adopted kids, with her belonging to uh, Christian groups that are supposed to promote the idea of men as heads of the family, as responsible heads of the family. All of this stuff makes the materialist world go nuts. And the biggest representatives of materialism now, interestingly enough, are socialists. I mean, socialism is inherently a materialist philosophy. And so the they're the ones who immediately, immediately go after uh, motherhood, femininity, anything like that, because they can't imagine that something could be equal on another plane. It's equal on a non-material plane. And that's the fight that Amy Coney Barrett is basically going to be fighting as she goes forward to confirmation. Uh, the Associated Press wrote this article about Amy Coney Barrett. President Donald Trump's nominee for the U.S. Supreme Court has close ties to a charismatic Christian religious group that holds men are divinely ordained as the head of the family and faith. This is a sh shocking thing for the Associated Press. Former members of the group called People of Praise say it teaches that wives must submit to the will of their husbands. And in the headline, it says they subjugate their wives, which, by, by, by the way, this is not true. And well, we'll talk about the biblical philosophy of this. Federal appeals court judge Amy Coney Barrett has not commented publicly about her own or her family's involvement. And a people of praise spokesman declined to say whether she and her husband are current members. Barrett's advocates are trying to frame questions about her involvement in people of praise as anti-Catholic bigotry ahead of her upcoming Senate nomination hearings. Why would they do that? Why would they do that? Because this is not just people of praise. This is good Christian doctrine. It is in the scriptures. And I'll get to that in a minute. But the, the woman who uh, runs the Trinity Academy in Portland, Oregon, and was a big member of People of Praise, she said, Joanna Clark said, in a marriage, this is in the AP story, in a marriage, we look at the husband as the head of the family, and that's consistent with New Testament teaching. 
This role of the husband as the head of the family is not a position of power or domination. It's really quite the opposite. It's a position of care and service and responsibility. Men are looking out for the good and well-being of their families. This is good Christian theology. Jesus said, the Gentiles lead with power, but you are going to lead as a servant. You lead, your leadership is a service. And here is what Paul and the Ephesians in the famous line that drives leftists crazy, said, wives, submit to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands and everything. Now, listen to what he said. He said, the, the church is the body, right, of, of Christ. So he goes on then in a very, very long uh, following paragraph. Husbands, he says, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. You know, I, you know Jesse Lee Peterson, great guy. I just love Jesse Lee Peterson, and he's a, he's a wonderful guy and one of the great trolls of humanity. I place him only second uh, to Donald Trump and a, a preacher and very much loves to preach this. And what he loves to do is he loves to get you on air. He loves to get Christians on air and say, do you believe that the husband is the head of the wife. He loves to just challenge them on this because he's, he always says the, the, the husband above the wife, the wife above the children. And I always say, I always get him back by saying, okay, Jesse, well, you, you know, wives should submit to their husbands, but then you got to read the next paragraph <laughs> talking about all the stuff that husbands have to do for their wives. They have to empty themselves out as Christ emptied himself out for the church. So it's not a one-way street. And also, by the way, you'll notice that Paul does not say to husbands that you have the right to force your wife to submit. He tells wives to submit, but he does not tell husbands to force their wives to submit. All right, we have our guests. I want to I want to uh, stop here and we'll get back to some of this in a little bit because we have Senator Ted Cruz with us. It was perfect uh, timing to come on at this moment. Uh, he was on the shortlist for the Supreme Court. Didn't want it. Too good for the Supreme Court as Senator Cruz. But he's got a new book coming out called One Vote away how a single Supreme Court seat can change history. Senator, thank you so much for coming on. It's great to see you. Andrew, thank you for having me. Great to see you as well. So before we get to the book, before we get to One Vote Away, I want to ask you what you're expecting uh, at these hearings. The hearings are going forward fast, mid-October, they're saying, yep. for Amy Coney Barrett. What are you expecting to see? Well, the hearings will commence on October 12th. We're st we'll start with opening questions, and then we'll shift in on the second day uh, opening statements on day one. The second day will shift into questions from the senators. Uh, each senator will get 30 minutes. Uh, and so we'll have 30 minute rounds alternating Republican, Democrat, Republican, Democrat. The next day we'll have another round of questions, 20 minute rounds. Um, I expect the Democrats to do everything they can to turn this into a political circus, just like they did to the Justice Kavanaugh hearings. Um, they, you know, a week ago, before the vacancy, the hard left was already filled with rage and fury and anger. And, and then you add a Supreme Court vacancy on top of it. To, to, to borrow a line from Spinal Tap, 
now it goes to 11. I, I mean, they're just, they're out of their minds. <laughs> so and and I, I expect I mean, it to get bad. Is there any chance after Kavanaugh, I think there was some blowback. And if there hadn't been a delay between Kavanaugh and the midterm elections, I think it would have cost Democrats in the midterms in the age of Trump. Three weeks is basically a year. But now the election is getting pretty close. Is there any chance they'll just hold back uh, and restrain themselves? So, look, anything is possible, but I don't think so. Um, I think their Hmm. base demands that they go scorched earth, that their base is so enraged uh, that you'll see Kamala Harris putting on a performance. You'll see each of the members of the Senate Judiciary. Remember in, in, in Kavanaugh, we had Cory Booker doing his I am Spartacus moment. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think we'll see something like that again. And uh, it's not clear where they're going to hit her. Uh, when Judge Barrett was nominated to become Judge Barrett to join the, the Federal Court of Appeals, uh, the Democrats went after her on her faith and 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 attacked her for for being Catholic. Um, Dick Durbin asked her if she was an Orthodox Catholic, which I'm not sure what he meant with the adjective Orthodox. He he wasn't referring to a member of the Orthodox Church, <laughs> Greek or Russian. It was just I think Orthodox was just an epithet. It was just an insult. Um, and and Diane Feinstein famously or rather infamously put it this way. She said, the dogma lives loudly in this one, which, which, you know, today's Democratic Party has a manifest contempt for people of faith, whether you're Catholic, whether you're evangelical, whether you're an Orthodox Jew. If faith is an important part of your life, uh, the position of a lot of Democrats seems to be you are not fit for public office and you're not fit to serve as a judge. And, and that is uh, that, that, that is a ridiculous position, but, but it's also an unconstitutional position because the text of the Constitution explicitly prohibits a religious text, a test for public office. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't mind if Cory Booker goes Spartacus again, as long as he keeps his shirt on. I think that would be important. <laughs> um, your book is called One Vote Away, How a Single Supreme Court Seat Can Change History. Give me an example. What, what are we talking about uh, when you say change history? Well, sure. So, so what the book does, um, before I was in the Senate, I was a Supreme Court litigator. That's what I did for a living is argue cases in front of the U.S. Supreme Court. And so each chapter in the book takes a different constitutional liberty. Uh, So there's a chapter on religious liberty. There's a chapter on free speech. There's a chapter on the Second Amendment. There's a chapter on U.S. sovereignty. There's a chapter on elections and democracy and Bush versus Gore. And we could see that same sort of chaos play out in this election right now. And, And what the book does is every chapter tells war stories, tells the inside story of what was happening in the big landmark cases. And, and many of those cases I litigated personally. So, so it takes the reader uh, behind the curtain. It takes the reader uh, into the court to understand who the justices are, what the disagreements are about. And it goes through many of these, these landmark cases were five to four. And, and a five, four case were just one vote away from losing our fundamental liberty. So you asked for an example. Let's take, for example, free speech. Uh, one of the cases the chapter in free speech talks about at length is, is the Citizens United case. Now, now many people have heard of Citizens United. 
but but they don't really know what it's about other than that Democrats hate it. But Citizens United, the, the core issue in that was whether American citizens have a right to criticize politicians. And, and, and the fact pattern, what happened there, Citizens United is a nonprofit organization that made a movie, made a movie critical of Hillary Clinton. And the Obama administration went after them and wanted to find them for daring, for having the, the audacity to criticize Hillary Clinton. And, and the case went all the way to the Supreme Court. And, and, and there was a very revealing moment at the oral argument where, where Justice Sam Alito um, asked the lawyer from the Obama Department of Justice, said, under your view of the case, does the federal government have the power to ban books, to prohibit the sale of books if they criticize a politician? And the Obama DOJ said, yes, yes, we have the power to ban books. And I mean, it was stunning. It was radical. Now, thankfully, uh, that extreme view was rejected, but it was rejected 5-4. There were four justices willing to embrace the view that the federal government can ban movies or books if they criticize a politician. And both Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden have pledged to nominate justices who, were vo who will vote to overrule Citizens United. In other words, to give the federal government the power to censor you and me and that's an example of being just one vote away, determining whether we have that liberty or we don't. You know, it's amazing. I've talked to so many liberals who would listen to Hillary Clinton rant about Citizens United and talk about dark money. And when I would explain to them what the case was about, they would kind of blanch and say, oh, yeah, you actually don't yeah. want to be able to censor books. So it is it is interesting. I, I got to ask you this because out of personal curiosity, if nothing else, you were on a short list uh, as a Supreme Court possibility. Uh, the Babylon Bee had a hilarious uh, article about you dressing up as a woman <laughs> so you could get into this. <laughs> but in fact, you, you don't seem to want it. Is that is that true? Yeah. Uh, that, that, that is true. Um, and, and I actually talk about it quite a bit in the, in the book, what, One Vote Away. I talk about for each of the three vacancies we've had, uh, President Trump and I have had serious conversations uh, about those vacancies, particularly the first vacancy, the Justice Scalia vacancy. Uh, in November of 2016, the president pressed me pretty hard on whether I would be willing to go to the court. And, and I, I was deeply honored by, by the possibility, but, but I just said flat out, no, I didn't want to do it. Um, and, and that was true with the latest list. Um, and, and I'll tell you the reason why, uh, which is that a principled judge stays out of political and policy fights. And, and if I were a judge, I would. I'd stay out of them. I don't want to stay out of them. I want to be right in the middle <laughs> of the big epic battles we're having, whether, whether it's free enterprise versus socialism, whether it's fighting for school choice, whether it's fighting to, to secure the border, whether, whether it's fighting to rebuild the military, whether it's fighting to move our embassy to Jerusalem. Uh, all of those are fights that belong in the political arena. And so a story I recount in the book is, is this summer when, when Trump was putting together his new list, he called me. I, I was actually visiting my in-laws out in California. We were out at a lake uh, with the girls. And so I was standing on the dock in my flip-flops and, and bathing suit. And the girls are out on the, out on the boat water skiing. And uh, the president calls in my cell and he says, Ted, I, I want to put together a new list for the Supreme Court. And he asked, he said, hey, can I add you to the list? I'd like to add you to the list. And, and I told him on the phone, I said, Mr. President, if, if it's helpful, if it's beneficial 
uh, to put me on the list, sure. I'm happy to be on it if it's helpful for me to be on it. Uh, but you should know I don't want the job and I wouldn't take it. And, and that's what I've told him for each of the three vacancies. And frankly, Andrew, you can see why right now the fight over Judge Barrett in the Senate, we're in the middle of an epic battle and I am leading the fight to confirm Judge Barrett. And, and, and I hope to be part of nominating and confirming two, three, four, five principled constitutionalists to the court. I just don't want me to be one of them. <laughs> I'm, I'm just about out of time, but I have to ask you, uh, as the debate is coming up, uh, this polls seem incredibly locked down. They seem incredibly steady with Biden in the lead. Do you see this as a genuine problem going forward or do you doubt the polls? How do you feel quickly? I have to ask you, uh, how do you I, feel about the election going on? I think the election is volatile. It could go either way. The left is going to show up in huge numbers. They hate the president. They'll crawl over broken glass. We got to make sure everyone else shows up. We got to make sure the people who love free enterprise and the Constitution and Bill of Rights show up. And, and let me encourage your listeners, the book, One Vote Away, it came out today. So it just launched today. It's already number five on, on Amazon bestsellers list as of noon today. Um, go to Amazon, go to Barnes and Noble, anywhere you get your book, order the book. And, and it's designed, you don't have to be a lawyer. It's designed to be interesting and fun and give you the inside story. If you care about the election and the stakes in 2020, this lays it out powerfully. If you care about the Supreme Court, if you want to know what's really at stake in the battle over, over Judge Barrett becoming Justice Barrett, this book is designed to explain all of that in, in a readable, fun way that, that, that also hopefully will, will help, help you learn more about what, what the fight is all about. Great. Thank you very much, Senator Ted Cruz. The book is One Vote Away, How a Single Supreme Court Seat Can Change History. It's always good to see you, Senator. Thanks a lot. Take care. God bless. All right. We got to talk about my pillow. How comfortable is my pillow? My pillow is so comfortable that I can't even sleep on it because my wife stole it almost instantaneously when it came through the house. You know, my pillow, you see Mike Lindell on uh, all the time. He's he's giving a new deal out on Giza dream sheets. I am waiting for them to arrive. And when they do, I will try them out. My wife can't steal the sheets because I'm just bigger than she is, but <laughs> we will try them out. But he's got a deal. These are made from the world's best cotton, which is Giza cotton. They're ultra soft and breathable and extremely durable. And right now the Giza Dream Sheets are at two for one low price, plus free shipping with the promo code Daily Wire. All of the MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee, but you won't need it because they are very, very comfortable. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listeners square to check out the two-for-one low price on the Giza Dream Sheets, plus free shipping. There are also deep discounts on all other MyPillow products to enter promo code DAILYWIRE or call 800-651-1148 for these great radio specials. So to go back, just to finish talking a little bit about uh, Amy Coney Barrett and the kind of fight she's going to face, I, I was wondering, you know, it was, it was interesting to me that Senator Cruz said that they, he does not think that they will hold back because because the base won't let them if they don't show up and fight. See, I was thinking, well, maybe they don't want to, um, maybe they don't want to, alienate voters so close to the election. But on the other hand, they alienate their own voters if they if they don't show up and fight the fight. You know, so it is really they're kind of caught in a vice as well, which is really an it's an interesting, as always, just a fascinating political situation. So we're talking about the way they're attacking her for her 
Christianity, which is really an attack. It's not just an attack on Christianity. See, it's the attack on the values of Christianity. And it's not just an attack on motherhood or femininity. It's an attack on humanity because humanity gets in the way. Humanity gets in the way of socialism. This is, it's really an important point. It doesn't get in the way of capitalism. It just doesn't help capitalism. Humanity sort of gets in the way of capitalism because you might not buy something or you might not do something to earn more money because of your humanity. As I constantly say, the mistake that capitalists make, the Ayn Rand kind of capitalists, capitalism harnesses greed for the common good. And that is wonderful, but it doesn't turn greed into a good. See, that's the, that's the logical error that kind of Ayn Rand capitalism, capitalists make. Greed is still a, a sin, and you can tell it's a sin because when capitalism is unrestrained by values, people do terrible things for profits. They build railroads, which is great for humanity, but they kill a lot of Chinese slaves who are working on the railroads as they do it. And so you need these values first. Always values come first. So the attacks on uh, Amy Coney Barrett and her children and her adoptions and her uh, opposition to Roe v. Wade, although Roe v. Wade is not going to be overturned by her uh, anytime soon. That's not going to happen. But just her opposition to abortion, all of these things are human things that get in the way of socialism specifically, because socialism is, is selling you the idea that your creature comforts are more important than your freedom. We will give you stuff if you will give us the power to make decisions for us. We will give you free health care. You will get free health care. But if you say, want to smoke a cigarette or want to have a third child or want to do something that we don't like, we get to say, no, you can't do that because we're in control of your health care. And if you don't think that happens, it does. And if we want to say, you know what, you're too old for us to waste the common money on you, so you have to die now, they will make that decision as well. And never trust them. Never trust them when they say they won't make that decision because they will most certainly make it. So, this is why you get this kind of hysteria about Christianity, because it gets in the way of all the values and femininity, too, because femininity, again, is, is not a useful thing. It is a good thing. That's a big difference. It is something higher than useful. It is an actual good. I mean, just take a look. Take a look at Bill Maher at what he had to say about uh, Amy Coney Barrett. Barrett. This is kind of like the natural leftist reaction to what was hilariously called an orthodox Catholic. Apparently, the pick is going to be this Omi, Omi, Amy Comey. <laughs> we'll all be saying this name a lot, I'm sure, because she's a nut. Religion. I was right about that one, too. Amy, <laughs> sorry, but Amy Comey Barrett, Catholic, really Catholic. I mean, really, really Catholic, like speaking in tongues. Like, she doesn't believe in condoms, which is what she has in common with Trump, because he doesn't either. So, you know, that is the, the typical thing. And always, I've said this before, but it's always sex, which is elevated to the level of your individuality, your sexual desires, your sexual practices. These are the things that you have to be free about. You don't need to be free with your opinions. You know, that's like in Citizens United, we can cancel your complaints about a political candidate. But whoa, whoa, whoa. If we stop you, a, a guy from dressing up in a skirt and lipstick, then we have really, really damaged your individuality because it's not your opinions. It's always your sex because you're just a material beast. That's all you are. And, and this, this really is the issue that we're dealing with. It's really not capitalism versus socialism. It's really not left versus right. It's materialism versus spirituality. It's an idea of a world made by God, of being creatures uh, made by a creator versus this world of just being uh, pieces of meat with chemistry sets inside. You know, I just, I'll just end this here by saying well, the thing that really is interesting to me, what really is interesting to me is when you look at Amy Coney Barrett, 
She certainly hasn't been held back by her opinions, whatever they are. She's appointed to the, you know, she's on, nominated for the Supreme Court so that she's obviously doing well in, in terms of her career. She's got these kids. The kids look happy. Uh, I don't know if they needed, you know, I don't know if there's any problem there, but the, they, seem, they seem fine. She's also, though, obviously brilliant. She's obviously one of those kind of once-in-a-lifetime brilliant jurists like Kavanaugh, like Scalia. She obviously has that kind of mind. The way people talk about her is if they are just stunned by her intelligence. So my question is, why don't these journalists and Bill Maher, these guys who are moderately intelligent, why don't they look at more intelligent people like Amy Coney Barrett and uh, Scalia and say, huh, they believe in these things. Maybe I'm the idiot. <laughs> Maybe I'm the person who's wrong. They never do because they are fully invested in the materialism. And if you take that away from them, you take away everything. Rad power bikes. Rad power bikes, whether you want a new way to get around town or out in nature. Even with the kids in tow, you've got to try one of these rad power bikes. It's a cross between a traditional bike and a moped, but it doesn't require a special driver's license like a moped would. You can go up to 20 miles per hour without pedaling so you can get out and about without getting sweaty, and they're great for commuting or getting out on the trail or hauling groceries or even transporting your kids on the back. Rad Power Bikes are affordable. Most e-bikes are in the $3,000 range, but Rad Power Bikes start at just $999, $999, and most of them are under $1,500. Dedicated, U.S.-based customer support seven days a week to answer any questions or concerns makes the perfect gift for someone who loves being active and outdoors. Rad Power Bikes offer flexible financing for as low as 0% APR. That's pretty low. And now for a limited time, you can get a free accessory valued at up to 100 bucks with the purchase of a bike. A free gift of up to $100 in value with your purchase and free shipping to the lower 48 states. To get this special offer, text the word POWER to 64,000. That's POWER to 64,000. Text POWER to 64,000. Also, even when this show is over, I know your heart breaks when the show ends, but even when the show is over, we will be back tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, when Donald Trump and Joe Biden face off in the first of three presidential debates. Well, they're arguing now whether Biden is allowed to have a thing in his ear. He doesn't want to promise that he won't have anything in his ear. He wants, what did they say? That he wants a th breaks every 30 minutes. It's 90 minutes. Even I can stand up for 90 minutes. Anybody can stand up for 90 minutes. Not Joe Biden. He needs a break every 30 minutes to take some more Adderall. Uh, <laughs> join us for an all new episode of Daily Wire Backstage. So watch the debate with us and get our immediate live reaction to this major political event. And even better, you can join Daily Wire now as an insider or all access member and get 20% off with code DEBATE, so you can watch all the debate coverage live on your Apple TV or Roku app. Watch the debate with us on dailywire.com, YouTube, and Facebook, and get 20% off your Daily Wire membership with code DEBATE when you sign up today. That reminds me, I forgot to promo tomorrow's mailbag. Tomorrow is the mailbag. You want to subscribe so you can ask me questions. Go subscribe at dailywire.com, then hit the podcast button, hit the Andrew Claven podcast, hit the mailbag symbol, and send in your questions on anything you want, religion, politics, your personal life, all my answers, guaranteed, 100% correct, and will change your life. Will they change your life for the better? <laughs> How the hell do I know? But if you subscribe, you can find out. And if you want to send a video question, please do. We love to see you as you ask your question, but keep it under a minute because we don't have time to edit it and we can't play it if it's too long. Mailbag is tomorrow.
All right. I want to go back. Uh, yesterday, we were talking about this ridiculous New York Times tax story, which the more <laughs> I read about it, I read the whole story when it came out. This is the story where they got 20 years of Trump's taxes and found out that he paid as little as possible and doesn't seem to have broken any laws. He has one deduction that he made under an Obama uh, regulation that the IRS is questioning and looking at. And so the, you know, the uh, New York Times made a big deal about this. But really, it's a nothing. It's a truly a nothing story. It is a genuine damp squib of a another one of these bombshells. But it was obviously timed to come out just as the debate was starting. So now Chris Wallace has to ask the question about it, and it's a good question of whether he'll ask about this, but also ask about Hunter Biden and the money he made while he was in the White House. Come on, man. Here's the deal. He'll say and not answer anything. Uh, but but even so, it's just it's. It's timed. It's obviously done in tandem with the Democrats. They don't have to call up and make a phone call about it. They know how to do it. So it's interesting to watch how it's being covered. It, you know, the thing is, not, this is not that the press is biased. I'm not saying that the press is biased against President Trump. No, 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 no. I would never say that. The problem is, I mean, the pro let's historian John Meacham explain the problem. Let's cut three. I think it's an era and a moment to, to think a little grandly because President Trump is the fullest manifestation of the, the darkest of American forces, right? <laughs> Some of the darkest of human forces, really. Uh, selfishness and greed and uh, appetite and ambition uh, and what the tax story shows and, and endless data shows is that he is a figure, uh, a created figure of fantasy. Uh, what, what's mm -hmm. the line? He's, he's a poor person's idea of a rich person. But now he's, we know he's not even a rich person, particularly. The guy pays $70 million for t in two years in taxes, $70 million. That's almost more than I get paid for doing this. So, I mean, I think, I think we can say, safely say that Donald Trump is a rich person. But the thing is, the press is not biased. It just happens to be that Trump is a manifestation of all human darkness. See, that's the thing. That's, and that's not an opinion. That's not the bias. It's not like they, they just have gone insane and have Trump derangement syndrome. It is a, an actual fact that when human darkness manifests itself into human form, it becomes Donald Trump. That's just something that happens. You know, I mean, you can see it. I think it was in the, the movie uh, Human Darkness or something. I can't remember what movie it was. It was a horror film and human darkness manifests. And there was Trump. It was just a, a horrifying. So we have it on film. So obviously it's not biased. It's not that they're biased, but it is interesting to note that the uh, our friends at the media uh, at Newsbusters um, have a new study out that shows really this is really interesting. Four years ago, the liberal networks pounded Republican nominee Donald Trump with bad press, yet he won the White House anyway. Now, ABC, CBS, and NBC even, evening newscasts are giving Trump the same hostile treatment, but they've softened their approach to the Democratic opponent. Not only is Joe Biden facing much less negative coverage than the president, he has received only one-sixth as much negative coverage as former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton received during the early weeks of the 2016 general election. I told you this yesterday that, you know, at major, major venues, they're basically saying, you know, let's not let's not go after him, even if we, we shouldn't criticize him at all because we might affect the election in a way we don't want it to go. And then the manifestation of you. And it's not just it's not just Donald Trump. I mean, it's not just a, a man. It's not just a man going into the White House. It is a manifestation of human. It is the avatar, the avatar of human darkness. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So when they are confronted with the fact that this New York Times squib is a hit piece coordinated 
with the Democratic Party to be set up for the debate. I got I got to show this is one of my this is my favorite cut of the day. Basically, this is Poppy Harlow interviewing a uh, deputy press secretary, Brian Morgenstern, uh, about this story. You, you've got to watch this and watch her reaction. Where, where are the taxes on Hunter's three and a half million from I Russia? Where are the taxes on his billion dollars from China? Should not the president's paid tens of millions of dollars. In the taxes. president's spokesman about someone who is not germane to this conversation, who is not running for president. Have Brian, you ever asked them? Have you ever done a segment service. on them? Brian, please do our viewers the service of You're answering my answer questions question. about the man you were, because I asked the question. It's another version of it from four years ago on it's the not. eve of a debate, coordinated with the yeah. Democrats as a political Let's, hit. Okay, that's, Brian, I'm just going to stop you there. These okay. are remarkable reporters from the New York Times who went through <laughs> 20 years of documents. It is not okay for you to accuse them with no facts of coordinating with the Democratic Party. Poppy, they, Please they stop doing that or this running. interview will they end. <laughs> Do not confront me with my corruption. That's, that's the left. That's the left all over. We want to be corrupt, but you're not allowed to say we're corrupt. It's in the This is in the Bible, actually. If your ears offend you, cut off the guy's mic. <laughs> It's not, it's not like, oh, if I'm offended by the face of my, by the face in the mirror, break the mirror. That's what they do. But it's fair because Donald Trump is not just Donald Trump. He's the manifestation of human darkness. So, so it's, you know, I mean, this is the way it's got to be. It is un, it is unbelievable. You know, the, you remember, you, you may not remember this anymore because everything goes so fast in the age of era of Trump. And there's so much news that it's hard to remember one day from the next. But you may remember there was this thing, this Russian collusion, three years of coverage of Russian collusion. It went on and on and on. And now it has blown up completely in their faces. And they're yelling at Bill Barr, the attorney general. They're yelling at him. They say he's bringing shame on the Justice Department by exposing the fact that the Justice Department and the person of the FBI, uh, basically, they used information from a suspected Russian spy to go after Trump, to wiretap him. Everything Trump said, every single thing Trump said about the Russian investigation was true. It was a hoax. They bugged his people. They were spying on him. It was corruption going right up to the top. Obama almost definitely knew about it. Everything Trump said is true. And now that it's blown up, I just want to I just want to show you uh, Brian Stelter. This is another thing from MRC. They put together this little montage of Brian Stelter. He can't understand why everybody's so upset about it. And then they go back in time. So disappointing to look at what we're seeing from right wing media these days, where there's such an obsession with the deep state and these uh, revelations about the Russia pro. Latest on the Robert Mueller Russia investigation. Mueller investigation. The Russian investigation. Trump's Russia ties. And Robert Mueller. The real Russia story. Russia probe. The ongoing Russia probe. Russia probe. The Russian investigation. But Mueller and the Russia probe. Russia synergies. They wonder if Russia has compromising information on the president. What is the source for the president's claim that they have found no collusion with Russia? He misspelled collusion. Every day we're trying to keep track of the drip, drip, drip of the Russia investigation. Drip, 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 Trump and Russia. To see whether Trump was secretly working for Russia. To bring it back to Russia and Russia and Russia. 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 Robert Mueller. Robert Mueller. Special counsel Robert Mueller. Robert Mueller. Robert Mueller. Robert Mueller. Robert Mueller. Robert Mueller. Mueller investigation. Mueller report. Russia conspiracy. 
So, so now they get this bogus tax story from the New York Times. There's nothing tax story. Who do they bring on to discuss it? Andrew Weissman, a Mueller investigator. This is cut eight. The president's tax returns have been revealed by the New York Times, several years of them. And a layperson like me looks at them and sees one thing. You are a prosecutor. You are somebody who investigated the president and some of these issues for many, many years. What jumps out to you? What jumps out to me, Savannah, is a 2014 statement from Eric Trump, where Eric Trump said that the Trump organization does not rely on American banks because they have plenty of funding from Russia. Aha! Aha! We've got them finally. We've got <laughs> he's got funding from Russia. If, and if you're not going to believe a guy who went after did a hit job on Donald Trump with the Mueller investigation, at least you've got to believe Jeff Daniels. This is cut 14. What are they talking about in Helsinki? What were, you know, all the stuff. I mean, there's, there's all of that. The tax returns that he won't show us. It's so obvious. And where is he getting the money? Where did he get all the money? And, and I mean, all roads, as, as, as Speaker Pelosi said, all roads lead to Putin. And, uh, you know, time's running out. This is a bad movie we're living through. That's what this is. If it weren't so <laughs> life and death, it's a bad movie. <laughs> speaking of a bad movie, if you can't believe an actor, if you can't believe an actor, who can you believe? Speaking of a bad movie, Jeff Daniels is now playing James Comey in a movie of James Comey's book, and they're not even in, uh, acknowledging all the stuff that's come out about Comey. He, he said in one interview, he said, Jeff Daniels said, the truth is like a religion to James Comey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, it's, it's OK, though. They're allowed to do this because Trump is a manifestation of human darkness. I thought I was a manifestation of human darkness. I thought that I thought that was my entire role. I got to stop here. I'm out of time. But we will be back uh, tonight watching the debate. And I hope you'll all join us. And I hope you will be in the mailbag tomorrow so your, all your problems can be solved. I'm Andrew Claven. This is the manifestation of human darkness known as The Andrew Claven Show. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, give us a five-star review and also tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Matt Wall Show, and The Michael Knoll Show. Thanks for listening. The Andrew Clavin Show is produced by Robert Sterling. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producer, Mathis Glover. Assistant director, Pavel Wadowski. Edited by Adam Saivitz and Danny D'Amico. Audio mixed by Robin Fenderson. Hair and makeup, or head and makeup, is by Nika Geneva. Animations are by Cynthia Angulo. Production assistants, McKenna Waters and Ryan Love. The Andrew Claven Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. You know, the Matt Wall Show... It's not just another show about, about politics. I think there are enough of those already out there. We talk about culture because culture drives politics and it drives everything else. So my main focuses are life, family, faith. Those are fundamental and that's what this show is about. I hope you'll give it a listen. Listen.